0: This is Pastor Joseph Davis. Thank you for joining the radio ministry of Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We believe the word of God is the lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. This word will bless you right now. I want to just speak from Luke 15. God has just compressed upon my heart since this morning's morning Man In Luke 15, verse 11, and I know we know the story of the prodigal son but God being impressed on me to look at it as a not just a prodigal son but a prodigal believer a prodigal church a prodigal church a church that has been born of the spirit but now this church no longer seeks God seeks God God we going to talk to us this morning about sonship everybody say sonship I just want to read a few verses but i want to really relate it to the church and us as believers in god i don't want you to look at it just as from a a sinner who never knew god maybe we just look at it as a prodigal son as if you know a sinner who never knew god and really the real context of it is he was in the ark of safety he was in the ark of safety so it's not even taken really in context that he was outside of the ark of safety and had to be invited in, he left the ark of safety, went to do his own thing and had to be brought back in. I wanna read it, and he said, a certain man had two sons, I'm in mean, Luke 15, verse 11. A certain man had two sons, and the younger said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me, and he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. The Lord starts talking to me about a church that no longer seeks him. A church or a people who can't wait on the Lord. Can't wait on the Lord. Too carnal-minded can't wait on the Lord no longer have a desire to seek after God rather they come up with their own dreams their own conclusions their own ways of solving life problems solving situations is a typology of a believer not a sinner but a believer going astray not a sinner but a believer going astray somebody who no longer has the fire or the tenacity to wait on God no longer want to wait to God, they have actually decided and taken their life back from the Lord and told the Lord give me back my stuff, give me my stuff, whatever I got and I'm going to do my own thing and this is a carnality that is rising up in believers that's what the Lord told me and he's trying to get us back into sonship but this is a carnality, one of the natures of those born of the spirit is they wait on the Lord, that's why in the book of Acts which really talks about the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit the first thing that Jesus begins to command his disciples about the nature of living with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is you have to wait on it that's whole the whole nature he introduces them he first tells them even in the book of John they're coming first he tells them uh, uh, the John the Baptist introduces the Holy Spirit while he talks about Jesus Jesus, he began to say, There comes one after him who is mightier than I, whose shoes I cannot loose. Then he tells the disciples, I want you to wait until Jerusalem till you be endued on high. For I will send you the comforter, and he will succumb to you and speak to you and tell you of the things that I have taught you and trained you. And he will be a leader and a guider to all you. So the introduction of the Holy Spirit or life walking in the presence of God is you have to learn to wait on it. Then in the book of Acts where he begins to depart from them after talking with them with many infallible proofs and proving to them that the kingdom would come. He begins to tell his disciples, wait at Jerusalem until the fulfillment of promise, until you be endued on high. Again, they have to learn a life of waiting till God move. Waiting to God give direction. Waiting to God give clues. Waiting to God give assignment. Not taking our own destiny in our own hands. And there is a carnality in the church, in the believer, that we don't wait on God anymore. We don't seek after him. We don't get into his presence and say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to do anything till you tell me. I'm not going to move until you say move. I'm not going to get hasty. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to search unrighteousness. What inheritance do we think we have walking away from the kingdom of God? What inheritance do we think we have walking away from the things of God? There is a hunger leaving us. There is a fire that's leaving us and we're just doing our own things. And God is trying to get the church to return to this nature. The son had lost his nature. The nature of sonship, he had lost it. One of the things that Jesus began to describe in the nature of of being a son is I don't do anything except the father tell me to do it. Or I only do what I have seen and heard of the Father. I don't have no uh, uh, adjacent assignment. That's just my myself. I don't do anything but what He wants me to do. That submission, that 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 heart's cry, have to return to the nature of the believer it's leaving us the world's pressure is squeezing it out of us and we're not running back into his presence and we're not ex- exercising vulnerability i'm not sure what the son is up against at this moment but whatever it is he wants to leave the, the father's presence whatever it is whatever he's up against whatever's going on in his mind in his heart in this chapter he wants to go give me my stuff so i can go and God is trying to return this nature of us waiting on him and us seeking after him. Matthew six even describes six, Matthew six, begins to describe the nature of those who are with the Lord. It talks about natural things. Matthew six. He talks about how the Father would care for us, even as He cares for the lily of the fields, and he cares for the sparrows that neither spin or, that neither spin nor to not. Yet your heavenly Father cares for you then he says all these things don't care about what you say. take no thought for tomorrow what you shall eat listen to the nature of the mindset that he want us to have he said don't worry about nothing I got you covered you may have to seek me you may have to get in my face but you don't have to worry you may have to come to me and ask me God what to do next but you ain't got to worry you can exercise faith he said but you ain't got to worry I hadn't called my people to be overwhelmed I haven't called my people to be burdened with natural things, not burdened with the things of the natural. He said, don't have to worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. This is what scripture says. Then he describes those who are overwhelmed by what they eat, what they're going to eat or what they're going to wear. He said, all these things do Gentiles seek so he describes having a hunger listen to this having a hunger to worry about what you're gonna eat or drink now everybody needs something to eat no everybody needs something to drink but what he's saying is your seek is out of order when you have to seek those things he said your seek is out of order and something is out of order when we can't get nothing to eat and we can't get nothing to drink this is what he says in scripture he says something is out of order he says then he says seek ye first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness and then all these natural things so it ain't that God doesn't care is that that God won't provide is that that God won't feed us natural things but we got to get in order we got to get our priorities in order he has to be first above all things come on he has the preeminence in our life and I'm telling you there is something after this nature that God wants us to have because the devil knows he can't do anything with the person that says I'll go hungry but give me God he knows he can't yeah, I ain't get what I'm saying I'll go hungry but give me God because God is the priority I don't care what happened just give me God That the psalmist tries to describe it he says I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than the dwell in the tents of wickedness whatever you do put me in the presence of God yeah and this is the nature that the devil don't want us to have this is the nature that the carnal man wants to take over is this fire this fervency that we're not seeking first Everybody say seek first seek first and this prodigal son represents a believer a church typology of a people who don't seek God anymore who don't care about the thoughts of God anymore they don't care about what God thinks don't have convictions that are biblical they don't care about how they look or how they dress or how they act because they're not about pleasing God anymore they're about pleasing themselves they no longer see when you got when you start worrying about pleasing God how I dress do matter when you worry worried about pleasing God God, what I say, do matter. Where I go, do matter. Oh no, God will get into the details and the intricacies of your personality. No, 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 You God will get down in there because God cares. But when you don't have that nature, you don't care about nothing. you own on your own. You're going to do your own thing. Ain't nobody going to tell you what to do. Ain't nobody going to tell you where to be. And the rebellious nature start coming up out of your mind. The rebellious nature. Ain't nobody can tell me what to do. Ain't nobody can tell me, tell. And you got to watch out. The spirit of rebellion will start coming in you. Rebellion was riding the son the moment he came to his daddy and said, give me my stuff. Rebellion was on and rebellion drove him out of the house. Rebellion, it definitely wasn't the lack of needs because later on, I'm in the text, later on when he gets hungry, he comes home on the thought that servants are at the house, not even sons, but slaves and people who work for his daddy have a belly full of bread, are full, and what am I doing in this situation being a son? So it's not a matter if the father have natural things to provide. For us, it's a person who can't wait on it. It's a person who gets tricked and seduced. And I ain't saying that, but this spirit of seduction is out here sifting us like wheat. wheat. The spirit of seduction is out here sifting us and taking our fire. And the spirit of rebellion drove him out the house. Spirit of rebellion drove him out the house till it almost broke him. That spirit of rebellion will ride you into disobedience, ride you in dishonoring God. The way the scripture tries to talk about it, he left, he went to a far country, he spent all he had, no type of temperance, no type of discipline, spent everything. Just partying, having fun. A famine came, he joined himself to a citizen of that country. They sent him to uh, to the fields to feed swine. While he's down there with the feeding the swine, got so hungry he wanted to eat the pig's food this is the lows of lows rebellion will take you into the lows of lows the Bible says do not fret because of evildoers because they will soon be cut down like grass God said don't look at wicked people and envy them don't God said don't don't you dare envy the wicked I don't care about the show called cribs with nice houses if they don't know the Lord sooner or later a nice house a pool on the eighth floor ain't gonna mean nothing God has a way in life to show you riches don't keep peace in your life. Riches don't give you a clear mind. And God will say don't you put your trust in riches and that's what what this spirit rebellion would do, would drive you into a pit of abyss. This moment this brother is in, he don't know what to do himself. He don't know what to do with himself. He don't know what to do with it, but then he comes to himself. This is an awakening. This is a renewal. Everybody say renewal this is a renewal this is a renewal that's happening in his heart he says what am I doing here he came to himself. what am i doing here what have i done in my life what is going on and i like it because he's not trying to blame nobody else because you know how it is Sometimes when you got egg on your face and you don't walk away and disobey god you try to make everybody a factor of your disobedience he ain't here he said what have i done he came to himself some people were too busy blaming what other people said and what other people did and if they wouldn't have treated me bad i wouldn't He takes responsibility for himself. He awakens himself, come back to himself. Say, what am I doing here? God's trying to get us to wake up. God's trying to get the church to wake up. God's trying to get people to wake up. God's trying to get us to wake up. up. And sometimes he allows things through our, our misdirection, our misbehavior, so he can wake us up. This guy wakes up, he goes home because... He goes home because he recognizes his father have servants who are doing well. Now, understanding this sonship, he starts focusing in verse 19 on being worthy. This is the carnal mind trying to please God. That's the carnal mind. When you focus it on your worthiness to be able to get what God has for you, that's your sin nature still trying to condemn you. And disqualify you from God's goodness. If you spend time focusing on where you've been and how well you've been hinders God's calling, that's sin nature. Still trying to talk you out of where God's trying to raise you up to. Sin nature, what well, we keep telling you can't say that because you're where you've been. You can't say that you ain't no more worthy. You have to squalify this thing. And some people use this wrong term about called fail from grace. Now, understand that grace is restorative. They said you fail from grace. It, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not really said properly. But this guy here is like, look, I'm no more worthy. It's the sin consciousness trying to negotiate him and get him out of a righteous covenant. Trying to negotiate him. and Then he decides he's actually going to go home, but he's going to carry on a mentality of being no more worthy. God still have a lot of believers who are at are saved, but in the covenant still talk about you no more worthy still trying to talk God out of his calling out of his purpose in your life out of his love for you out of your you still focusing on your past and your sins and everything in your flesh and you still calling yourself no more worthy it's sin nature see in righteousness never says that righteousness under our righteousness understands the righteousness of God it's not me being worthy it's he's worthy and he made me worthy so if he made me worthy through the sacrifice of his son I am worthy I'm not worthy of my through my works but I'm worthy of his work his work has qualified me his work has made me fit so I am fit to do God's will not because I made myself fit but he made me fit somebody say "I I am worthy see he's made me worthy me worthy through the sacrifice of his son he made me worthy and see the enemy still wants us to operate in our own identity and not the identity of the son he still wants us to be looking at ourselves looking at our works and our works never qualify us for righteousness our works is supposed to be an expression of what we could not do for ourselves our works hear me clearly our works is supposed to be an expression of love to God because of what we couldn't do for ourselves Meaning we couldn't do for ourselves, so that's why I worship you. I, 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 we could get, get ourselves together. That's why I serve other people because because I couldn't do this thing on my own. So now I serve as I do works not not to earn nothing. Get it wrong. See that's how I not to earn nothing because I can never earn it. See I can never earn it. But 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 I I, I work to, to serve and to express that you did this thing for me. All right, that's a gratitude heart. Y'all got what I'm saying. Some of us go to work and now we still go back to earning. We go back to working for God, serving God, but we take the mentality that we're trying to earn something. You can't go back. This is what's going on in the the latter verses. I'm not going through all the scriptures. This is what's going on in the latter verses of the other son that's in the house. He's having a problem because he's been there the whole time and he have a problem because he's trying to earn. He's trying to earn and he's trying to earn so hard. He working so hard. He working for recognition. He working for all this kind of stuff. And his daddy has a party for the for the one who comes home. And now he confused. He been working and what's going on? I've been working the whole time. He says, What's wrong with you, son? Everything I have already belonged to you. He said, when you gonna start walking in power, walking in faith, when you gonna start, you still waiting for recognition and I already recognize you. When I saved you and cleansed you and pulled you out of the muck and the mire, clay and cleaned you up and called you my son, that's when I recognize you. I'm not recognizing you based on your work, son. I'm recognizing you based on my work. And that son was in trouble too cuz he was working and he was tired. He was working and he was frustrated cuz he's working trying to earn identity through work and God ain't calls us to work, to work, earn identity through working. That's not how it works. This brother comes home, the father begins to express how much love he has for him. He comes home. The father sees him halfway. God has great expectations of us, so God meets some halfway. This morning, I was so moved again by the father having expectation of the son that the father went out to greet him. As if the father was waiting for the son to return home, and it was nothing but the father could not wait for him to get home. That the father got excited about his return and his expected return, I started hearing the scripture, train up a child. That's what I started hearing this morning when I was thinking about it. Train up a child. I'm going to talk to your parents. Train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, because I believe the son was trained in righteousness, he had something to return back to. I want to encourage the parents even though he went astray, he still had it in him because you found it when he got in trouble. He said, what am I doing here? But if you don't ever put it in them, they got no nothing to return to if they should go astray i begin to hear that again train up a child in the way that he should go and so the father went out and greeted him and embraced him and i believe what was important in the father even going out to greet him was the father saying i'm not gonna let you do this on your own he was still trying to end the mentality of works because some of us still feel like we brought our own self to jesus We brought our own self to God. We brought our own self. You didn't bring yourself. The Bible says no man can come to the Father except he be drawn. And so unless he draws you, you can't even come so I believe the father came out to greet him first of all out of his love and expectation but also that he that the son could not say he did all the work only thing the son did is made a choice and when you make a choice to choose God God gets excited and God are jump in your choice when you make a choice to live for God God will jump if you commit your ways to the Lord if you start making a choice God will jump in your choice and start called to do because you got to first make the choice he made the first choice and the father went and honored his choice because let me show you also how, that, how the kingdom works notice that when the son left the house the father didn't go chase him because the kingdom don't work on manipulation the kingdom don't work on force God love don't work on force it breaks God's heart when we walk away from him but he gave us something called choice he said choose ye this day whom you will serve he's given us the choice and so he allowed you don't see the son the father running after the son you don't see him chasing him down only in the previous text when when they talk about the lost sheep does he go get the lost sheep because the lost sheep has lost it's got caught up into something but this is and it's like a snare it's like the sheep was out there and something captured the sheep it's a different type of understanding and the shepherd went to get that sheep who could not make its way back to the house put him on his shoulders that's a sheep that was stuck a sheep that was overtaken in something vulnerable but this son is a a different situation he has decided to walk away from the father and the father did not go chase him down broke his heart and so sometimes we get confused about real love real love won't chase you down for you to do what you're supposed to do that's real love real love will say I'm here for you if you want me I'm here for you but you can't keep chasing somebody to make them love you come on somebody you can't sooner or later they got to raise up in their own heart and say I want you I want you more than anybody else come on somebody and that's what he did to the prodigal son. He showed him what it was life was like without him. He was convinced he came home. The father met him halfway. So he'll know, hey, you ain't going to do this all on your own. I'm going to help your choice. He comes in and immediately the father begins his whole mercy and love and deliverance uh, format. And he begins to put a robe of righteousness on him. He began to put this robe. It means our sins are for covered. Our sins are forgiven. We are free from shame. Say free from shame. We are free from shame Come on, say free from shame Come on, free from shame I said free from shame Come on, the greatest You know when you get delivered When you free from shame Come on, somebody You know you get delivered When the devil can't bring up your stuff And you go into a depression You know you free Hallelujah When you when the devil dare bring up your stuff You say, ha, but he brought me out of it See, that's when you know You're really walking in righteousness When the devil can't bring it up And you go into all depression About the badness No, 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 no. Because God is taking the sting of sin out of your life through his blood that you're not sitting around here ashamed about what you did two weeks ago five weeks ago conviction has ran through you and now you lifting up and say but if it wasn't for God I could have lost my mind when I was out there and rather than going into depression you go into a praise talk about if it had not been for God I would have lost my life while I was out there in the pig slop I would have lost my mind when I lost my job but God see what I'm talking about conviction to hit you and you ain't sitting there talking about where I've been no, he kept me even when I was crazy <laughs> hey, how much I, see that what righteousness sound like the devil can't hold you to your past <laughs> he puts this robe of righteousness on this man you forgive it. it also means you are covered cause I can imagine if he was in the pig slop he would dirty But once he put that robe on him, you don't know where he been. I said, once he put that robe on him, you don't know where he been as far as the east is from the west where he separates your sins and remember them no more you, you, there is no identity you can't look at somebody covered in the blood covered in the robe of righteousness and be looking at where they been because it's all covered you can't see nothing matter of fact that's what really aggravates the, the other son who's at home the whole time because he know he's been in foolishness but when he look like him look at him he look like the son and by the time the daddy presents him, he got a robe of righteous. A ring on his finger. Which means restored identity and belonging. That ring means you back in the family. You back in the covenant. Restored identity, belonging. You in this family. He put sandals on his feet. Sandals mean purpose. You got purpose, you got meaning. See, sandals mean you got somewhere to go. Yeah, you know you got somewhere to go. You got purpose in life. So he put shoes on his feet So representing God, but ain't the only thing he gave. That was the thing he put on his body But to celebrate him he got the fatted calf He got the fatted calf. It means God is celebrating your redemption. It means God celebrates our restoration. It means God goes to extreme measures to celebrate a son who has returned home. And I want you to understand this sonship I'm talking about tonight is not a gender thing. It's a covenant thing. He has brought us into sonship through his son, Jesus Christ. It's not a gender thing. All right. It's 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 a covenant thing that God has brought us into. And he gave him the fattest calf. I mean, we're going to celebrate redemption. We're going to celebrate restoration. We're going to celebrate coming back home. We're going to celebrate forgiveness. Holly, we're going to celebrate the blood. We're going to celebrate. He gave the fattest calf. And he said, kill it, eat this son who was lost and dead. He is now found. I'm trying to tell you that God is trying to restore the church back to an identity of sonship. He's trying to return us back to sonship. That we're hungry for him, we're stirred for him, that nothing else matters but pleasing him. That we believe in Matthew 6.33. How many believe in believe in Matthew 6.33? I believe it in that. How many ever had Matthew 6.33 work for you? Meaning when you clear out all the clutter and start seeking first the kingdom of God. My whole destiny changed when I start seeking first. I had a, I had I had some plans on I knew I had a caller in my life. But I was trying to tell the Lord when I was going to preach, when I was going to do this and when I was going to do that. When I got on his timetable and it wasn't convenient when I got on it and time after I got on it, the next thing you know, he said, it was like, it's time for you to get married. I got married at 21 years old. 21 years old, still happy about it. Don't get it twisted. 21 years old, God said, it's time for me to move you into purpose. You ain't got time to play, and I ain't playing with you. Get your act together, and here I am thinking God's on another timetable. He says, no, this is what I want at the age of 19 when I accepted my calling, and then by 21, I was getting married. I was getting married. God was like, no, I'm going to put you on my schedule. Your life been messed up. And I remember my mentality. My mentality was I had a plan for my life. I had what I was going to do. And God said, you would have died before you ever got there. You thought you could mastermind your life. You think you that smart? I call myself going to come up here, pledge in a fraternity and run parties all weekend. I was going to get goals in my mouth from Miami and I got saved in 11th grade. That messed up everything in the carnal mind, It messed up everything because I had been planning what I was going to do when I came to Tallahassee. I was going to be in a frat. I was going to throw some parties and I was going to get me some gold teeth. And the God told me, you thought you was going to live through that? He said, the devil's going to crush you. What you. You thought you was going to make it through that? You thought you had these plans? He said, the devil's going to sift you and he was going to seduce you and he was going to ruin you down the road because I thought I can get in everything and make it out. Can I warn some of us of thinking that we can just jump in and always jump out You don't. You don't know. You can't keep taking the risk of just jumping in and jumping out. God had to get that thing out of me. I don't want to say nothing. Had to that little jumping in, jumping out stuff. Thinking I can control everything and won't have no scars and no battles without no scars and there's some things you get into you regret which you never been there which you never even knew the people you thought you wanted to know so much which I ain't never met them which I ain't never y'all ain't saying nothing the devil will make you pay a price you hang with him he'll make you pay a price well nothing is worth it he'll make you pay a price the devil will get you a hold of you and he'll crush you so low look at this man that man went from a plush house to about to eat with the swine Now, you may not think there's nothing, but that's big on your identity when you know you've been fed every day. That's big on your identity when you know you work for the Father and blessings are to the left, to the right. You just flourishing. That's big on your mind when you out there and and, and then you know how it is when you walk away and pride get a hold of you. I ain't going back home. I ain't going back home. Pride to get a hold to your heart, then pride keep you out there longer. You know you struggling. You know you a mess, but pride to keep you out there, and you keep acting like you fine. Pride to keep you out there longer than you want to stay. Pride to make you feel like you are all right, and you know you ain't right. And pride to make. Pride is so dangerous. It affects perception. Pride pride is so bad, it affects perception because you're doing bad. But because of pride, pride say you're not really that bad, you really, you really pretty decent. You know, pride will fool you, but it will fool you, it will fool you and make you think you're right, and you actually sinking and stinking and losing everything every day because pride to keep you from change pride to keep you convert from conversion pride to keep you from deliverance pride to keep you from honesty pride to keep you from confession pride to keep you from talking to somebody pride will hold you in a headlock choke you to death uh, take all your goods uh, while you sitting there act like nothing ain't happening to you arrogance and pride will get a hold of you and steal everything from it here's this man broke busted and disgusted. Because of pride, don't yeah. rip them ripped him off, left them for dead, broke, busted, and disgusted. And God has to redeem him. I'm telling you, God is trying to restore sonship back to the church, real relationship where we are hungry, where we are on fire, where nothing else matters but Him. Well, we begin to acknowledge him in all our ways, and he begin to direct paths. Come on, well, he begin to talk to us. I told somebody, when I, see, when I was coming out of just, when I was coming out of struggling, hear me, I just wanted a job anywhere, anywhere, but I was struggling. Once I got that struggle out of me, my prayer changed. I said, God, I want no job except the job you have for me. My whole mind changed. It was like, oh, huh? I don't want no job unless the one you have for me. I'll go apply, I'll show up, and if I didn't get the job, I just believe you ain't the one you had for me. Wasn't sad, wasn't sad. I said I wasn't sad, I didn't get the job. I wasn't sad if I didn't get the job, God, I just felt so convinced if I didn't get it, wasn't mine. See, it's a mindset change, some mindset change that He's gonna take care of me, some mindset change that He's gonna provide for me. Now, I do my part. I got to apply. You can't just be home not applying. You got to be actively engaged by faith. But if God says no, if he don't open up the door, that's fine. I just figure he got something for me. He got something else for me. That assurance that you got to have. There's an assurance that God wants us to have. Our confidence of his will and who he is. There's a, and once I got that thing. I was sitting there like it was like Joe, you know, I ain't worried about it. If I ain't got it, it wasn't mine. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it. God gonna provide. And I start saying stuff like, "If God can't provide for me, shame on him." That's how I start talking. If God can't provide for me, shame on him. He can't take care of his children. What kind of father can't take care of his children? That's how I start talking. He ain't bother God? You think God was bothered by that? God wasn't bothered by that. He ain't saying nothing to me, boy. Anyone bother. I, and I knew I wasn't bothering him but it was building up my confidence that he was going to take care of our lives that he was going to minister to me right but you got to stay in his presence you got to seek his face you got to say God lead me and I'll go tell me what to do tell me where to go tell me how to do it tell me when to do it tell me where to go tell me how to say it I always get a, a, the story about and I'm going to talk about promotion I'm going to go here I'll tell you two stories I learned so powerful. The guy came to me at work and said first to another person, hey, I need you to do such and such and such and such and such and such. Yeah, if you would take on these assignments, i really appreciate it. And the young lady said, no, mm-mm, you got to pay me. I ain't doing nothing additional unless y'all pay me. Y'all think y'all slick around here, not me. Y'all got the wrong one. He came to her three times, and I saw it each time. She was in the computer right next to me. He'll come over there and talk nice. I really appreciate what you're doing. She said no three times. He came to me and asked me. I'm a rookie. Will you do something and such?" Yeah, I'll do that, do that, do that, do that, do that. Job came in, came open. She applied, I applied. I got the job. She went into his office and said, how you going to give him the job? He just got here. He said, "Cause I came to give it to you three times, and you didn't want it." He said, "I came to give you opportunity to grow, and you didn't want to grow, so I gave to the person who wanted it." I want no job opportunity, yes it was. He said, "Sure it was. It shows sure you ain't got it right now." He showed sure told me she sure was mad. She sure was mad. I'm trying to tell you, stay in the presence of the Lord. You lift your hands. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. God's trying to restore us to covenant, to hunger, to righteousness. God is even trying to, I'm going to say this and I don't mean this in any negative way, but I mean it in as much as of the Holy Ghost as I can. God is also trying to break the spirit of anxiety that is really trying to rule. It's a ruling spirit. It's trying to rule now, I know naturally there's times you may need to change your diet change some of the things you intake to help balance off your body that's naturally but there's a spiritual warfare happening also with anxiety and God wants to break us through those things that we settle our identity that is in Christ that we settle hallelujah testimony he hallelujah he made me worthy that we settle our identity is in Christ that we settle that and sometimes abuse, mistreatment trauma, family backgrounds people who abandoned you and start messing with your identity of who you are and that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and you're worth all of this and so God has to come in and heal you so because you act that stuff out in your relationship with God the way somebody else treated you improperly you act that thing out not just with other people but you act it out with God God bless you. If that blessed your soul, we will love for you at your next opportunity to join us in worship every Sunday morning in Monticello, the Victorious Church at 8 a.m. Or our Dream Center location here in Tallahassee at 10 a.m. We would love to have you and your family, and we can't wait for you to join us at any of our locations. This is Pastor Joseph Davis. God bless you and join us again.